0: take them and turn to Luke chapter number 10 Luke chapter number 10 So the night as I was walking in I missed the uh, video from pastor this morning and I heard there was a very important announcement made that uh, Ryan Cavan and DeMaris were expecting their third and as I walked in today or this evening One of the ushers looks at me and goes, is there a video for you tonight about you guys expecting a third? And I said, if that happens, it's just as much a surprise for you as it is for me. That I'm so happy for Ryan and Damaris, Uh, super excited for them as they welcome a third one into their family. Luke chapter number 10 is where we're going to be tonight. Before we jump in, though, I want to show you a picture up here on the screen. This is an athlete. It's an Olympic athlete. His name is Lex Gillette. He is an athlete from North Carolina. When Lex was eight years old, he lost full sight in both of his eyes. So he was completely blind from ages eight until now. And he grew up not able to see. And when he was in school, Lex, he fell in love with this sport of track and field. Now, when I was reading this story, I was blown away that a blind man would enjoy track and field. I just don't feel like those two things go together, but sure enough, Lex loved it, and he was really, really, really good at it. But the thought still came to my mind is how could this guy compete at the level that he did? Well, he had a friend, and before every single track meet, his friend would line him up in front of of the long jump. He was a long jump competitor, and if you know uh, what long jump is, you run down this, I think it's like 20 or 30 foot uh, line, and then you step on a board and you launch yourself into sand. I know nothing about long jump, but that's about as much as I know about it. And. He had a friend, you can see him right there, Says Tokyo 2022 assistant, who every single time would face Lex in the right direction down the path. So if he ran straight, he would get there. And this guy would go down to the end, he would go, he'd start clapping, and get louder, 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 and say, fly, Lex, fly, and he continued clapping. And that's when Lex knew, it's my time to go. He would take off down the track, he would launch, and every single time, he would have this amazing, incredible jump. But one time, things didn't go right. It was his very first time in the Paralympic Games. He was nervous. He lines up, his, his assistant lines him up, gets him perfectly set there, and he goes down to the end, and there was so much noise in the arena that Lex could not hear his assistant that well. And he's yelling, fly, Lex, fly, and, the, and Lex can't tell where this guy's at. And he, you can look up the video. Lex goes running down, and he starts going off course, and he jumps and just lands completely in the concrete. First time in the Olympic Games. He's okay, he gets brushed off. He goes, he has to change because his clothes got all torn up. He gets back and he continues to continually compete in the Olympics, eventually winning bronze, eventually winning uh, winning silver, eventually winning gold. And he's this crazy, amazing athlete. But I don't wanna focus on Lex for this first story here. I wanna focus on his assistant. This is a guy that knew Lex since he was a kid in high school. And every single meet that Lex went to, his friend was right there with him the whole time. He was there. He was part of the reason for Lex's success. Lex would not be able to be where he was today without his friend standing there at the end, clapping louder and louder, yelling, fly, Lex, fly. You could say there was a great love there between the two of them. Lex trusted his assistant, which I don't even know his name. I looked it up and I could not find it. Lex loved his assistant and his assistant loved Lex. And tonight I want to talk to you about what love is. What love is. Was Lex an amazing athlete? Yes. Was Lex determined to do his best? Yes. Was Lex able to do it on his own? No. Without the help of his guide from high school, Lex never would have gotten to where he is today. Because of the love this guide showed him for years, constantly by his side, Lex was able to do incredible things. And in our lives, I'm sure all of us, we can think of somebody who has been there for us when we needed them most. Somebody who's been there by our side, who showed us love no matter what. Sometimes, or someone who loves you unconditionally, someone who showed you love even when you probably didn't deserve it, loved you even when you were at your lowest. Love, constant, consistent love. All of us can probably think of someone in our lives who has been like that to us. But what about us in somebody else's life? Who are we showing love to? The Bible says God is love. He is love. It's a synonymous thing. God is love. And as Christians, we are to be like God. And if God is love, then shouldn't we be love? The Bible says, love your neighbor, be ye kind, love those that hurt you, love, love, love. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. It is clear throughout Scripture that one of the key aspects of the Christian life is love. Without it, we cannot obey the Great Commission. Without it, we cannot be right with God. Without it, we cannot be who God created us to be. As Christians, we have to love others. Jesus showed it by doing countless miracles to many, many people. And how are we doing with showing love to others? There's a perfect example of this true, genuine love found in Luke chapter number 10. We'll start reading in verse number 25. It says, And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said unto him, What is written in the law? How readest thou? And he answering said, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy strength and with all thy mind and thy neighbor as thyself. And he said unto him, thou hast answered right. This do and thou shalt live. But he willing to justify himself said unto Jesus, who is my neighbor? So we have the story setting up here. Jesus is about to tell a parable and I love Jesus' parable because they're so down to earth. And some of them are deep, and some of them are light, and they all have meanings to them. They're just earthly stories that you and I would understand, but with heavenly meanings. And the story starts out here with a lawyer who's coming to try to trip up Jesus, try to trick him. And he says, hey, Jesus, how do I inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, I'm pretty sure you know the answer to this question. How do you think you would? And he says, well, love the Lord thy God, love thy neighbor as thyself. Jesus says, you're right, 100%. You got it. Do those things, and you shall live. The and the guy says, well, who's my neighbor? Trying to trick Jesus up. Who, who is my neighbor? Is it the guy that lives right next door to me? Is it my buddy down the street? Who is my neighbor? And Jesus proceeds to tell this story. Verse number 30. And Jesus answering said, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came a certain priest that way. And when he saw him, he passed on by on the other side. And likewise, a Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked down on him and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him, and went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring, oil in, pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast, and brought him to an inn, and took care of him. And on the morrow when he departed, he took out two pence, and gave them to the host, and said unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. Which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among thieves? And he said, he that showed mercy on him. Then said Jesus unto him, go and do thou likewise. I feel like this story is an awesome story to read, but it's even better when you can visually see what's happened. So little Sammy, you mind coming up here real quick to help me out, little Sammy, and then Trey, I'm gonna have you come up real quick too. Need a little help with visualizing this story. You guys can join me right up here. Come on up. So, Trey, I'm going to have you hang out over here for just a second. Sammy, you're going to come over here with me. Sammy rec- is going to be our guy that is traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho. That's about a 16-mile a journey. That'd basically be from here to Disneyland. He's taking a, and he's taking a road there. And he has. let's see, what did Sammy have? Sammy, he had, he had this watch. So there's a watch for you, Sammy. Okay, let's see what else did Sammy have. He, he had some car keys. Okay, there's some car keys for you. He had... Um, he had, a cre- he had some credit cards. There you go. And then it says he, he had a raiment. All right. So he had a jacket. All right. So Sammy's just going about his business. He's taking his time. He's just enjoying their trip to Jericho. And he's coming along. And he comes to a pass. And he meets some thieves. And what do you think the thieves did to poor little Sammy here? What do you think happened? You think he beat him up? You yeah. think he took his raiment? think he took his raiment? All right. He took his raiment from him? Bible says that he beat him up. He took all his money, took his watch, took his keys, took his car, took his jacket, and then he just left him half dead, all right? So he's going to leave him half dead. Go and lay down right there. This guy's half dead right there. I'm actually going to need that jacket back. You can keep the rest of it. (laughs) Give me that back after service, okay? Running off with my stuff here. All right. So we have this guy half dead over here. Looks pretty comfortable half dead, if you ask me. He looks pretty good up there, all right? But we have this guy who's half dead. This is how our story starts out. Really bad beginning for this guy right here. I think he looks pretty comfy, but pretty bad story for this guy right here. The story doesn't stop there, though. It says he was left half dead, and then it says a character came along called a priest. Brother Jay, would you mind coming up here and joining me real quick? The priest would have been what we would recognize almost as a pastor, worked for the tabernacle, worked in the tabernacle. Everybody knew who the priest was. He was a very important guy. Well, a priest is coming along this same journey. He's coming along, and he's walking along, and he sees this man half dead, just laying there, half dead. And you would think this pastor would help this poor, beat-up kid on the side of the road. You just think he would, Right? Bible doesn't say that. Bible says he sees him, and he is out of there. He wants nothing to do with that situation. Hold up, you mean the pastor wouldn't help this poor, beat-up kid? You mean there's this guy that is literally dying on the side of the road, and the pastors, the priests, did absolutely nothing? That's correct. Well, then we had a Levite. A Levite came along. Mr. Marquis, come on down. Levites, they were the ones that would help out in the church. They would be the ones that would really take care of the church they were the, or the, the temple at the time. They were the ones that were in charge. And surely, surely, if the priest wouldn't do it, the person who's always in the tabernacle, the one, the temple, the one who is making sacrifices, surely, surely this guy would help this poor, beat up guy on the road. But sure enough, he comes by and unlike the priest, he actually stops for a second. Bible says he stops, he looks at him, he clearly sees this dude is beat up on the side of the road, and he says, No, I want absolutely nothing to do with that situation. So we have a priest, we have a Levite, two people who you think would spend their entire life helping others, and nothing, just as they passed on by. Then, A Samaritan came. Mr. C, you come on up here because everybody's worst enemy in school is the principal, all right? (laughs) Come on up, Mr. C. And a Samaritan comes by. The Samaritan and the Jews, they hated each other. Completely hated each other. They were at odds. The Jews couldn't stand them. The Samaritans couldn't stand the Jews. That's the way it was. But Jesus says a Samaritan comes by and he sees this man beat up on the side of the road. And he doesn't say, anyone looking? No one's around here? All right, I'm going to finish him off. He doesn't say that. Enemies. Remember, they're enemies. They aren't friends. They are enemies. He says, I'm out of here. I'm out of here. I'm going to get rid of this guy. I'm going to get out of here. Or he didn't say, yeah, I'm not going to mess with this. Forget about it. No. The Bible says he stops, and he comes over to him, and he helps him up. And he takes him to an inn, and he takes care of him. And he gives the innkeeper money to take care of him. You guys can both have a seat. Thank you. And you have the Samaritan who is helping this Jew who is his enemy. And Jesus looks back at the lawyer, and he says, Which of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? And he said, He that showed mercy on him. Then said Jesus unto him, go and do thou likewise. I think this story is a perfect example of what love really is. I only have two very quick points for you tonight. I will not be long, I'm I'm never long, but I will not be long tonight. Two very quick things. The first one's very simple. Here's a couple things that love is not. Here's a couple things that love, love is not. Love is not ignoring the needs of others. Sometimes we feel inconvenienced when we see somebody has a need, right? We feel like we have to go out of our way to help this person. Maybe it's going to cost us financially. Maybe it's going to cost us our time. Maybe it's going to cost us some effort. But love is not looking at somebody and saying, oh man, yeah, I'm just going to ignore that need over there. Oh, they, they really need my help. They need the groceries for the week. Now, that's an inconvenience to me. I'm not going to do that. It's not, love is not bothered by inconvenience. Love sees. The need. And when it sees the need, like the Levite, it doesn't say, No, 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 I don't want nothing to do with that need. No, that person, they're they're too much work. I want nothing to do with them. No, it sees the need and does exactly what the Samaritan does. And it goes to him. And he goes above and beyond. The Samaritan could have just picked him up, dusted him off, bandaged his wounds, and said, All right, you're on your way. See you later. Have fun. Don't die. All right, he could have done that. But he didn't. He went above. And beyond. He bandaged him. He took him to an inn. He gave him the money and said, whatever it costs, I'll take care of it my next time through. Love is not ignoring the needs of others. Love is not based on any um, exteriors. It's not based on anything on the outside not based on anything at all on the outside. The priest walks by and he sees this guy. He's like, no, 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 no. I'm not messing. It's not going to mess up my plans. I'm not going to mess with this guy. The Levite walked by, saw him, says, no, I'm not going to mess with this guy. I don't want anything to do with this situation. It's not based on any exteriors. God loves all people. And I say that, and we all agree we all agree to that in our minds, but God loves all people. This kind of brought it to light to me. I've taught this a couple of times in my Bible class. Whenever I do, they're always blown away. God loved. Was deep. God loved President Roosevelt as much as he loved Adolf Hitler. And we think about that. Adolf Hitler, the most wicked person that maybe ever lived. And President Roosevelt was on the winning side. He was the US president at the time, but he loved them both equally. God loves terrorist bombers just as much as he loves American patriots. And that's really hard for us to comprehend sometimes because we see things as good and bad side and we don't like the bad side, but we love the good side. And if we love the good side, we have to hate the bad side, right? That's not God's love. God's love is, yes, they hurt me, yes, they attack me, yes, over and over, maybe they've hurt me in some way, shape, or form, but I'm going to choose to love them anyway. It doesn't matter who they are, it doesn't matter where they're from, it doesn't matter what their skin color is, none of that matters when it comes to God's love, because it sees past all those boundaries. Everything that we view as exteriors that would would stop us from loving somebody, God says, I want you to love them anyway. The Samaritans and the Jews, they hated each other. And the Samaritan looks at the Jew and says, I'm going to show you love today even though you are my enemy. God is love God loves me just as much as the drug addict on the street, the drunk driver, the murderer in jail, and the list could go on and on. God doesn't love them any less than he loves you and me right now. We're not some privileged people because we come to Liberty Baptist Church, or because we live in Orange County, or because we live in the United States of America. God is love, and love is for absolutely everybody. God is love. Love, love is not ignoring the need of others. God is not based on any exteriors. Here's what love is, it is for all, for all. Gender, race, nationality, size, looks, emotions, doesn't matter. Intelligence doesn't matter to God. Abilities don't matter to God. Whether you're an Olympic athlete like Lex or whether you're somebody who just struggles to make it by day to day, God loves you, and we should love you, and we should love them too. There's nobody on this planet that has ever lived that God did not love. And sometimes we look at people, we put them in a box, like, oh, they are the person that's very hard for me to get along with, and we don't show them love. Or this person doesn't agree with the same standards that I do, so we don't show them love. Or this person made me mad at work, or this person uh, made me not get my promotion, so I'm not going to show them love. But God says, love them anyway. There is no love them unless they. It's no love them, love others. He wants us to show the love that we have for Him to everyone else. He wants us to do even more than that. He wants us to show the love that He shows to us, to everyone else. And I don't know about you, but God has shown me some amazing love in my lifetime. He's taken me through some very dark times. He's led me out of some dark valleys, and He has shown more grace and more favor than I could ever ask from anyone else. And He wants me to take that and show that to everyone around me, the person that upsets me. The weird person. The annoying kid in class. You know what's funny? As I said that and somebody came to your mind way back in high school, I'm sure. I'm sure of it, all right? God says, love them. God says, love them. Love is for all. Love is blind to personalities, looks, and influence. It's blind to that. It doesn't see, oh, this person's famous, I'm going to love them. Or this person has a really outgoing personality, I'm going to love them. Or or this person is just an amazing-looking person, I'm going to love them. No, God says, no, that's not love. That's not love. He loves the unlovely. He loves the unreached. He loves everybody that has ever lived. That's what love is, and that is what He has called us to do. That's what he has called Caleb Powers to do, is to look out, and if I see anybody in this world that I do not love, to love them anyway. To love them no matter what. Love is for all. Love is blind to personalities, looks, and influences, and love is freely given. The Samaritan didn't take the Jew over to the innkeeper and say, he's going to pay he's gotta pay me back, all right? When I come back through, I just want to let you know, the guy, I know you're beat up. I know you're halfway dead. Um, but when I get back, I need you to ha- find out some way, shape, or form to pay me back. I know your watch was stolen. I know your coat was almost stolen, all right? I know that your wallet was taken. I get all that. But as soon as I get back, I know you have no way to make money, but you, you, got, you owe me, all right? You're, or you're going to be my slave, okay? You have, you have to pay me back. No, it was freely given. And it wasn't just freely given in that moment. It was already freely given for the future, too. He said, when I come back, whatever he he wants, whatever he needs, give it to him. I'll cover it. I'll cover the bill, whatever it is. It was freely given to this man. And sometimes I feel like we show kindness or love to others looking for like a response or for something to come back to us. Like almost like we're giving them something and like maybe someday in the future, if I'm nice to them, they'll be kind to me. But that's not the way God's love works. There is nothing that I can do for God. Absolutely nothing. Not one thing. God gives me his love and his grace every day, knowing Caleb can't do a thing for me. There's not one thing Caleb can do on this world that I couldn't have someone else do. But yet he chooses every single day to love me anyway. And he wants me to take that love and he wants me to show it to the entire world. Who are we showing the love of God to? Are we limiting it only to only those who are like us? Only the popular crowd, only those who are a benefit to us? What about our enemies? What about the ones that are deemed useless or crazy or weird? God called us not only to love, but he called us to be love. He doesn't want us just to show love. He wants us to be love. To become love. It's not, just to, it's not just something we do, but it becomes who we are. When someone thinks of us, do they think they love me? Or do they think hurtful, mean, grouchy, hypocrite? As Christians, we have to become love. We must love others. How are we doing with this? I know as I was preparing this message, God was working on my heart. There are some people this week that came into my life that, I'll be honest with you, I did not show God's love to. I wasn't a jerk to them, but I didn't show his love to them. And when I think of people that just come across my mind, of people that I need to show love to, I believe that's God telling me, hey, show them love. They need my love. I fail in this aspect of my life daily, but this passage and these thoughts have challenged me to love and care like the Samaritan in the story cared. To help others as Lex's guide helped him, and to love others as God loves. Let's turn over in closing to First Corinthians chapter 13. First Corinthians chapter 13. We'll read verses 1 through 3. It says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I am become as a sounding brass a t- or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am Nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. Without love, we are nothing. Without love, the things that we do are nothing. Without love, the position we have or the the. Um, the family we have. It's all nothing if there's no love there. Though I understand all mysteries, though I have all knowledge, though I'm the smartest person on the world, though I'm the richest person in the world, if I don't show love to others, it's all useless. Are we love? Are we showing God's love? God has been so good to each and every one of us. And as Christians, he has called us to love love. The world. Jesus said, how will the world know that you're my disciples? It's if you have love one for another. We all agree. We all would agree on this. The world needs Jesus. And they see Jesus through you and me. And if we want to show Jesus to others, then we have to show them what love is. Thank you for listening to Messages from Liberty.